Hello, welcome to the Goals Love Podcast. Open your Bibles with us to Isaiah 66 as Pastor Pearson leads us in today's lesson. So Isaiah 66 verse 8 says this, Who hath heard such a thing? Who hath seen such things? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in a day? Or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. Shall I bring to birth and not cause to bring forth, saith the Lord? Shall I cause to bring forth and shut the womb, saith the Lord? Rejoice ye with Jerusalem, be glad for her, all ye that love her. Rejoice for joy with her, all ye that mourn for her, ye, that ye may suck and be satisfied with the breasts of her consolations, that ye may milk out and be delighted with the abundance of her glory. You know, I've studied this passage before, and I was a little reluctant to read these verses because of, you know, eight-year-old boys. But what you realize and the significance of what's being said in this passage is this. When God does something, when God brings something forth, he brings it forth just like that. When you and I bring forth something, we conceive the idea, we work on it, we perfect it, then we work on building it, that type of a thing. You know, this past week, um, there was a lot of work done to drain the water, which worked wonderfully well, by the way, to drain the water off of the east parking lot and the driveway as you were coming in. And you probably didn't notice it because there was no water to drive through when you were coming in because it worked that well. But it wasn't done like that. It had to, the work had to be done and it took time because that's how it works in our lives. But what I want you to understand is when God made us a new creature and in um, I guess it would be 37 years ago. 37 years ago, just like that, I trusted Christ and he made me a new creature. Just like that. I had peace with God, and I knew it. God worked in my heart to bring me to the point of repentance, but the moment I repented, he made me a new creature. And I'm in the family of God. And if you've, if you've ever trusted Christ, that's true for you. And what's remarkable is, again, so I have a cousin, his name's Steve, and he got saved just a couple of weeks ago. He's my age. And just like that, that's his testimony. An ungodly life, a terrible life, and that's his testimony about himself. And just like that, he trusted God to save him. And he said, and I know I'm forgiven. I know I'm forgiven. I don't know why. I'm forgiven, but I know that I have peace with God. Amen? That's how this is. That's what this is saying. God brings forth. That's how he brings forth. He makes us something that we weren't before. We can't do it. Listen, it's important that we understand together this morning, church can't make you a new creature. Religion can't make you a new creature. You must be born of God. In fact, I want you to turn with me. If you will turn in your Bible, turn to John chapter 1, verse 11. I want you to see the New Testament clarification of this bringing forth. John chapter 1, verse 11, for those of you that turned. John chapter 1, verse 11. There's much before this, but we'll just start in verse 11. 
In verse 11, John chapter 1, verse 11, it says, He came unto his own. This is talking about the Lord Jesus. When he came to earth, he came to his own. That's talking about the Hebrews. And his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Now notice this, underline this in your Bible. Underline these two phrases, please. In the beginning of verse 13, it says, which were born, and at the end of, the, of verse 13, it says, of God. In, in the, my notes, I, I made it, the words red so that it would stand out to me. Which were born of God, okay? Which were born of God. So um, a couple of you, a few of you in this room, became new creatures just last week. We're born again last week. One week ago today, trusted Christ. One of you that's in the room in the morning, a couple of, the, of you in the room were in the evening. And as soon as you trusted Christ, you were born of God. Born of God. That's amazing, isn't it? I mean, it is, right? Sounds Now, again, when you're talking to someone that's not a new creature, this sounds stupid. It really does. I mean, right, think about it. Yes? I remember talking to my roommates after I was saved, and I remember when I was talking to them thinking, I sound like a moron. Right? And I remember the look. It was, uh, JR was one of my roommates. I remember the look on his face. And I remember thinking, yeah, yeah. Two weeks ago, I'd have felt the same way. Yeah, we're just crazy people now. Yeah, amen. And yet you, all of us that are new creatures know that's what happened. I trusted Jesus, and he saved me. He made me a new creature, and I have peace with God, and I know it. My sins are forgiven, and I know it. I have a completely different purpose, and I know it because I was born of God. But let me show you what it says isn't the case. It says, which were born. Now, notice these phrases. There are three not. One's not, and then nor, and then nor. So in other words, there are three things that can't happen. You can't be born a Christian because of your blood. Remember, I made reference to the fact. So my mother's name is Derusha. My father's name is George. And so I have both George and Derusha blood in me. And do you know which one of those two bloods is profitable and me being a Christian? Neither one of them. You understand? Now, by the way, neither one of my parents were Christians when I was born. Neither one of them were Christians when I was born. My mother is born again now, and the person who is my father is not born again now. But, but in my life, so my firstborn is Amanda. And so Kathy and I have four children. One of them is Amanda. When she was born, her mom and dad were already born again. We were already Christians. And you know how much that benefited her? None. Our blood did not benefit her in the life that matters at all. In fact, if we'll be honest, who we were was to her detriment. Amen? My blood, who I am as a person, who Kathy is as a person, who we are in our flesh is of no value. Not of no value, it's, it's unfortunate, if you understand what I'm saying. Even though we were new creatures, naturally we could do her no good. That's what that passage is saying. You cannot be born of blood. In other words, you can't be born of parents and be a new creature. And then it says, nor of the will of the flesh. Now, that, this is really important. So that's your flesh. You can't make you a new creature. You can't, listen, listen, hear me. And there are people today who will say, there's a song. When I was a baby Christian, Amy Grant had just written this song. I have decided to follow Jesus. And I remember thinking as a baby Christian, thinking, I don't know if that's all you got, but if that's all you got, you're in trouble, right? Do you understand? 
You can't decide to make yourself a new creature. You can receive Christ, you can repent, but you can't decide and make yourself, you know what, I'm going to be a new creature today. Good luck with that. It won't do you any good at all to work it out that way. You're going to have to ask God to do the work necessary to make you a new creature. That's, that, so that's number two. I, my, my parents couldn't make me a new creature, and you can't make yourself a new creature. But look at the last one, nor of the will of man. And what that means is this, all of us together can't make one new creature. If every single, let's just say we picked one child in one Sunday school class and we all willed together to make them a new creature, you know what that would do for them? Well, we could pray for them. That's what it would do for them. But we can't make them a new creature. But you know who can make them a new creature? Jesus. And you know how long it will take him? Just like that. Just like that. Do you remember your, anybody remember your human birth, your, your flesh, your, your first birth? Your, you remember, remember that? You don't. Even if you think you do, you don't. <laughs> but I do know this. I know what my part in it was, and that was nothing. Now, I have watched four of my children be born. You know who had a lot to do with all four of my children being born? Not me. By the way, if men had anything to do with birth, there'd be a lot less children in the world, I promise you. <laughs> Just a lot less children. But you know, you know who had a lot to do with my children being born? My wife. Yes, moms, right? When you bear it, when you when you, when a child is born, what's remarkable to me is how terrible that whole thing is. Right? It's traumatizing. Listen, listen, listen. And as soon listen, I've seen it four times. And as soon as it's over. And they hand mom the baby. If you said to her, would you do that again? The answer is, oh, yeah. Every time. Amen. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? I had nothing to do with my first birth is the point. I had nothing to do with my second birth. Nothing. Jesus did everything. God did everything. Do you understand? And he did it like that. Now, in 2 Corinthians, don't turn to 2 Corinthians. I'm just going to make this reference in passing. In 2 Corinthians, it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, man just being a person, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So, again, I don't want to, but many of you women know tragedy. Some of you know what it's like to, to lose a child. And our firstborn, her firstborn, just before he was to be born, died. So when I saw Christian, he was not alive. He was stillborn. God doesn't do that. When God makes a new creature, everything's new. Everything changes. He doesn't fail. Our bodies can fail. Oh, God knows our bodies can fail. In so many ways, our bodies can fail. But our, our birth has nothing to do with our ability. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? I don't know. I mean, it's all my heart. I don't know, I don't know all of your tragedies, if you understand what I'm saying. I don't know all of the, I know many of the tragedies that many of you have gone through because we've known each other for a long, long time. But I don't know. But I know who does. And I know who loves you. 
And I know who is not only capable of making you a new creature, but of taking care of you. And that's the second point. Children of God are not only born of God, they are cared for by God. Go back to Isaiah chapter 66, and I'll be quick. This will only take a second. I would like you, if you have a pen, I want you to write these things in your, in your notes. Verses 12 through 15, picking up on the fact that there's a new child. This is what it says about, this is what God says. Now, in, in the specific, in the immediate context, he's talking about him doing a great work, a new work in Jerusalem. That's what he's talking about doing. And he's, he's talking about it from the perspective of being a mother, of taking care like a mother. And you'll see it here in just a moment. It says, for thus saith the Lord, verse 12 of Isaiah 66, for thus saith the Lord, behold, I will extend peace to her like a river. Now, this is significant. The very first provision, look up here. Please, everybody look up here. The very first provision that God wants to point out in your life as something that he has born, something that he has brought forth, is peace. Isn't that amazing? By the way, what does Jesus say every time he appears? Peace be unto you. Peace be unto you. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God, and we know it. Again, some of you, I would love to invite anybody who doesn't understand this to trust Christ. I'm not asking you to trust me, I'm not asking you to even have anything to do with what I think, whatever my opinion is. I'm telling you that Jesus gives you peace, and without him, there is no peace. Without, without the forgiveness of sins, there's just trying. There's, there's, there's momentary joy, peace, all these things, but there's no lasting, there's no genuine peace. He says he gives peace like a river. What a tremendous image. It says, in the glory of the Gentiles, like a flowing stream, and they shall suck. Now, again, that's a very graphic image, but it's speaking of the provision. Now, this is a really important thing. When you recognize, this is, you know, again, I don't want to go, I, I want to be careful about how I discuss this, but when, when a mother takes care of her newborn child with her own body, how awesome is that, right? All the provision is there. The mother that helped this child come into the world, the body that God used to bring this child into the earth is now the very one that he's going to basically provide sustenance for. Isn't that amazing? So this is the idea is this, God didn't just make you a new creature, he will literally feed you. He will be the source of not only your peace, but of your actual nutrition. Everything you need is in Christ. Everything you need is in Christ. And he all by himself will nurse you and take care of you. That's amazing to me. That's, the number, that's number two, provision. It says, and ye shall be born upon, and, 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 and ye shall be born upon her sides. Born upon her sides. That's the, now you carry your children. I see children carried in a lot of different contraptions, you know, today. Lots of different ways to carry children. Some are on the front, some are on the back. Um, I remember, it's, it just, I just remember Leah Paul. Le- Leah Paul now, her, she was Leah Parker when she was little. Leah, was, I don't know how old she was, but she was young. She was young. And she would carry Amanda. Amanda was a baby. And she would carry Amanda around on her hip. She didn't even have a hip yet. You know what I'm saying? She, she wasn't old enough to have a hip yet. So she had to stand sideways. 
And some of you know this. Some of you, there, there are some, some young ladies are nurturing from the time they're like four years old, right? They're good with other children. They like to be around other children. And so you see this nurture. You recognize someone that's carrying and caring for the child. In other words, close to them all the time. Yes, yes. This is what God says. I will give you peace. I will give you your nourishment and I will hold you close to me all the time. But it goes beyond that. It says, besides being born to her side, it says, and dandled on her knees. Dandled, that's a funny word. How often do you say that? When was the last time you used the word dandled, okay? It's an old English word, but here's the idea. You guys recognize what it means. It means to bounce on the knee, to play with a child. Anybody ever play with their children like that? Anybody ever bounce a child on their knee? You know what's interesting is... Um, so from the time all of my grandchildren have been old enough to walk over to where I was sitting, when they will walk over and they will like seat themselves down on the end of your foot, right? Yes? And they want you to just like lift them up with your foot over and over. By the way, you can only do that, you know, so many times before you say, hey, get up on my knee. Because <laughs> I can do it a lot easier just bouncing you like that than I can lifting your entire body all, all the way at the end of my foot. The, um, when, I was, when I was a young father, um, I guess it would have been Rebecca. Um, we were at a soccer game, so my other children were old enough to be playing soccer. And I was, I was throwing Rebecca into the air. Um, you know, wee! And, and, and she liked it. And so I would literally squat down like this and jump up and throw her in the air as far as I could throw her. And then I would catch her. She would loved it. And some of the mothers thought I was the ter- most terrible father you've ever seen. <laughs> uh, the other day, I was watching Chris do that with his sons, and uh, I don't remember which one it was, but they were the same way, la- laughing, and he- they're going way up in the air, and I'm thinking, stop doing that. <laughs> but the idea is this. It really is important. God not only will hold you, carry you to your side, he wants to en- you to enjoy being with him. I, I do. I, I love playing with my grandchildren. All, every grandparent loves, you know, I don't think I've ever talked to a grandparent. I don't think I've ever talked to a grandparent and said, hey, do you love being around your grandchildren? No. They're terrible. They're, that's not it. That's, it really isn't the case. Now, we all know our grandchildren aren't perfect. We all, we all understand that, right? That's their parents' fault. That's, we understand that, too. <laughs> what, we rec- what we recognize is how much we enjoy literally nurturing them but also playing with them, just being around them. You, oh, what a tremendous blessing. Fathers, you remember, you know, everybody's probably played the game, the floor is lava, or you're the monster on the floor, and the kids are jumping around to different furniture. What a tremendous blessing it is to just play around with your children until eventually somebody jumps off of something. It's like, why did you do it like that? You know what I'm saying? And every child that's between the age of three and four or two and four leads with their forehead everywhere that they go. You know what I'm saying? And you'll see that. They'll come to church that way. You'll be like, man, what happened to them? And it's like, oh, they were running. And everything's exactly that high. And they just ran right into it. Playful pleasure. Almost done. As one, who, as, as one whom his mother comforteth, so I will comfort you. We have peace. We have provision. We have nurture. nurture we have playful pleasure. And then we have comfort. Remember, I talked about, um, some of you will understand this really well. Your child falls down. Your child falls down, and they turn around, and they look at you, right? If you have a look of horror on your face when they look at you, 
they will start crying, maybe even screaming. But if you look at them and say, oh, you're all right, they're like, oh, I'm all right. You know what I'm saying? Yes. But when they're not all right, and you know they're not all right. By the way, often children hurt themselves when they've done something that you specifically told them not to do, right? Listen, listen, I don't believe that. I, I, I have never been present where a child hurt themselves doing something they were told not to do, and the parents scolded them first. You understand what I'm saying? What do we do? We comfort them. We take care of them. We may afterwards say to them, by the way, remember when I told you not to jump off of that? Don't do that anymore. This is why you got hurt. You got hurt because you did something that's dangerous for you. I don't want you to get hurt anymore. Don't do Now, by the way, you still don't have to tell a child that hurts himself jumping off something not to do that again. If your child jumps off something the second time after they hurt themselves the first time, come talk to me about that because you got a long, hard future ahead of you right there, okay? <laughs> That's, that, that's a word for us called obstinate. That's an obstinate person right there. Comfort. He gives us comfort. It says, go to verse 14. And when you see this, your heart shall rejoice. Your bones shall flourish like an herb. So here we see growth. Now, just think about, I, again, I'm not making any of this up. There are, there are seven things that are in this passage. One of them is peace. One of them is provision. One of them is nurture. One of them is playful pleasure. One of them is comfort. And this one is growth. The sixth one is growth. The God that created you, the God that made you a new creature, the God that gave you birth will give you peace. He will give you provision. He will nurture you. He will play with you. He will comfort you. And he will grow you. He will provide everything you need in your life to continue to mature. And again, this is simple. He, why does he use this language? And the answer is because we understand this language. There have been people in our lives that provided these things in our lives. And God says, I will be all of this for you. And the last one, it says, and uh, continuing in verse 14 and going on into verse 15, it says, And the hands of the Lord shall be known toward his servants, and his indignation toward his enemies. For behold, the Lord will come with fire, and with his chariots like a whirlwind, to render his anger with fury, and his rebuke with flames of fire. Now, this is, you know, somebody just posted it the other day. This is the mama bear idea. This is the idea. And again, fathers do fit into this one. But what's interesting is he's still using the symbology of a mother. The idea is this, and we recognize this, um, protecting our children, protecting our children. We, we all want, and by the way, one of the things that happens is we not only want to protect our children, we want to protect other children. But you see here, please hear me, please, this is really important. God will be your protection. Let him be your protection. Realize that, you know, I was thinking, I thought about this many times, so I'm 59 years old. You know what I am to God? I'm a child. I'm a child. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I have children. I have grandchildren. To you, I may, to some of you, I may be seen as a mature adult, but you know what I am to God? I'm his child. And compared to God, I am childlike still and always will be. I am frail. I am weak. I am incapable of so much. But my father, my mother, if you will, in this imagery, that's what the one he's using. He isn't, right? Now, so hopefully, hopefully, I'm just going to go through this and we'll be done. Hopefully, this is what you learned this morning. Hopefully, we all saw in context this morning that God will give us peace. 
that God will give us provision, that God will nurture us, play with us, comfort us, grow us, and he will protect us. Everything that you need to be the person God wants you to be, he fully intends to do all of that for you. For you. For you. Not share it with you. Do it for you. Now, again, just like all maturing children, at some point you start realizing that you have a part to play in saying yes. It, like you know, I have to eat my food, I have to do the things that my parents say are good for me. God is taking care of all of these things, and all he's ever asked any of us to do is to trust him. Just trust him. I'm asking you this morning, wherever you are in your walk with God right now, no matter what's going on in your life right now, that you would understand you have a loving father who so much wants you to understand the provision that he makes himself appear to be a mother in this passage. I love you like a father. I love you like a mother. I will take care of you and you can trust me. Amen. Thank you for taking time to listen. If you have any questions, you can reach us at thegoalislove.org. If you would like to hear more of God's Word, we would love for you to subscribe. We hope you have a wonderful day. God bless.